yesterday it was you snow the vibes as the episode was cut a little bit short because of a snowstorm cutting out all the power and electricity and internet in my house. However, we're back today with another episode of the greatest podcast in the world, the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K22. As always, you're listening to the smooth sounds of Mr. Momutsi alongside the three-time <laughs> NBA champion, BJ Armstrong. What do we say, B? Real name? Uh, uh, BJ Armstrong? Real no name. Gimmicks. No gimmicks. <laughs> Don't ever get it confused. We here, and you know it's a Friday morning, so you know what that means. BJ, what does that mean? It's time to give the people what they want. They want hoopology, and Mo, you are going to get it. All I'm gonna say is if you're listening on audio, you might wanna check this one out on YouTube. You might want to see. You might want to see what BJ's flexing in. We ain't never seen an OG come with a trip like this. That's how you know you're spending too much time with me. He's wearing hoodies and stuff now. <laughs> he went from a suit and tie to hoodies, man. It's, come on, man. It's cool. It's cool. But uh, we good. We're gonna answer some of these questions. We're gonna get into it. And I said last week, or I said the other day, we'll do this on a first come, first serve basis. So that's exactly what we're gonna do. Shout out to everyone who turned on the tweet notifications so that they could be first in sending in their tweets. But before that, we've got to send a special shout out to Missy B once again, who was on Instagram and Twitter tweeting, tweeting and adding Gatorade, telling them to sponsor the show. So shout out to Missy B once again for showing the love. Gatorade, whoever, pick up the damn phone. We out here. In the meantime, <laughs> make sure you guys hit the link in our bio to get yourself a copy of NBA 2K22 if you want to help support the show. But without further ado, it's Hoopology. We're going to answer your questions. Class is now in session. Professor Armstrong, the first question comes in from Pierce McGlinchey, a regular contributor of questions. Shout out to Pierce. He wants to know, which player do you think would benefit the most from a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with BJ Armstrong? BJ, which players are you looking at around the league and saying, I could take your game to the next level? You're good, but I can make you great. Ooh. Woo, man, man, that, that, that's, that's, that's a great question. That's a, that's a great, that's a great question. That, that really is. Now you got me thinking. I have a suggestion. Okay, go ahead. My suggestion would be Derek White of the Boston Celtics. Stop it, stop it. Hear my logic. Okay. Derek White okay. is a great player, great defender. Okay. He can play make a bit here and there. But I feel like in San Antonio over the last few years, he's not played with players of the caliber of Tatum and Brown. And that's with all due respect. And as someone who's found a role in the league, being excellent in their role, shooting lights out from the three, orchestrating offense, fast breaks, defense, you name it. He has struggled a little bit since coming to Boston in terms of percentage-wise. And I feel like not even necessarily the on-court stuff, just maybe drawing from your experience of playing with two elite wing players just might give him a little bit of insight into the new role that he finds himself in. And that's not to say he needs to improve because I think he's great. But I just think that experience and that knowledge would be great for you to pass on to a player like him. But that's just my take. And obviously, I want you to coach my guys on my squad. So I don't want that knowledge going elsewhere in the league. The only people who I want to get that knowledge is our listeners on this show. Mm. What player I think... That's a, that's a great, great question. You know, I, I think I'm going to... I, I think... I'm going to... I'm going to surprise you with this answer. Is it going to be a big man? No. Okay, okay. No, no. Because that would have been a real surprise. Be BJ down low on the post, teaching drop steps and post hooks. <laughs> well, no, no. You know, the, 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 I love potential. Okay. The, the, the Giannis, I feel, is, you know, Giannis. You, you know, I, I love Giannis. Yep. Okay. The, the player, it, it's, it's two things. Not because I think I can improve his game, it's because, I see something that I think I could be, I could, I could, I could, not that he needs to learn anything from me, 
but I would like to talk basketball with him is Kevin Durant. Ooh. Okay. Just, wow. just, just, forget, just Kevin Durant. Now, that would be the, if you should say any player, it's Kevin Durant because he's just, he's all basketball. He's a basketball but To purist. answer your question, yeah, he's just, I would love Kevin to talk Durant Kevin Durant is just basketball. He just, I just no want gimmicks. to talk basketball with him. Yeah, he's no gimmicks. Uh, uh, Kevin Durant. But the player I would want to work with, okay, you ready for this? Okay. Right now mm-hmm. is Cam Reddish. I like that. I like that. Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish has all of the intangibles that you want for a player. He has size. He has length. Defensively, he has like natural instincts. He could shoot it. Great feet. He has length. If he's not an all-star, it's because why? People people like, forget why? coming out of high school, he was the number one prospect in the country at one point. Like he to me is everything you're looking for in a prospect. Like he's that diamond in the rough that I would love. When I say work, I would love to work with him one-on-one because I just see so much talent with him. He's explosive. He's got great quickness. You know, he's got, you know, he makes the game look easy. But I think he's, I think he's an all-star caliber player. And I, he would be the guy that I would love to work with on a day. That's an interesting basis. answer. That was a bit of a surprise. If, if you just said which player, Cam okay. Reddish to be, okay. uh, is, is like, you know, I, I just see this guy being, he, without question, he should be a 20 plus scorer an all NBA defender up here. Wow. On the downside. Wow. Well, we're going to see how his career pans out. We've got more questions though. Lawyer Shop says, do the Celtics have a chance against the Heat in the playoffs? If the Time Lord is back, I think they can beat the Heat. Yeah, I, without I, the Time I know, Lord, I agree with as we saw last night, it does get a lot trickier. But if yeah, the Time Lord I, I is back for the second round, I think they beat Miami. I, I agree with it. I, I Mo. I agree with that. I think that's where it's at. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Oh, this is a question from James O'Toole. James, let me know. Is it James O'Toole or James O'Toole? Because there's an E at the end of the word. I'm not sure. Apologies if I pronounced it wrong. What are your thoughts on the amount of points and productions coming from the Grizzlies bench going into the playoffs? And will the physicality of the playoffs play right into Tripp's hands? Here's the thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to say one thing. Tyus Jones, that boy needs to get paid this summer because everyone says the Grizzlies are 19 and two without John Morant. No, the Grizzlies are 19 and two with Tyus Jones starting at point guard. That's all I wanted to say, but go ahead. Okay. You know, Mo coaches, you know, it's, it's a, 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 it's a weird thing to say, but hear me out on this. I'm going to say this as quickly as I can. There's two things you need, Mo. You hear me say it all the time. You need talent. You need depth. They have a lot of talent and they have a lot of depth. So much depth that they can go. What, what are they? 18, 19 and two without John Morant now, correct? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah. 19 and two, I think. They're 19 and two without John Morant. The playoffs, that's a different game. And these coaches are going to shorten their rotations. They're going to shorten their bench. And I'm going to be fascinated to see who his eight-man rotation is once this starts. Because, Mo, when things are going well, everything looks great. Suddenly, when you lose one or two of your first games at home in the playoffs, things change quickly, and he's going to shorten his bench. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want to see how this team plays when that occurs. And you think because the physicality of the playoffs will help them? I, I do not. I, 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 I do not. I, they, they play a physical brand of basketball. So I think they're going to continue this. But my question is, do they have another level? Because, Mo, when you get to the playoffs, teams are going to take away something. And teams mm-hmm. are going to meet mm-hmm. that same physicality that they bring on a nightly basis because of their depth. You know, their first five may not be better than the other team's first five, but their bench and their depth more times than not is better than the other team. 
But what mm-hmm. are the other teams going to do in the playoffs, Mo? They're going to shorten their bench, like you saw with your Celtics the other night. And suddenly now, that eight-man rotation is going to be met with the same level of intensity that their 10 or 11 or 12-man rotation is doing right now. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how this is going to play out. I love their team. They are terrific for the regular season, but make no doubt about it. Ja Morant is the player that will be able to take them to that next level. And they're mm-hmm. going to need Ja Morant because the game is going to require that your star player or a player like that will have to play and take the team to a different level if they're going to advance. Yeah, he's going so getting... to see how they're going to how they're going to implement. I want to see how they're going to implement his talent into their style, because right now they have great chemistry with this group. Well, they're getting plenty of rest for Jar so he can be healthy back for the first round. Next Let's question. So. The next question, fingers crossed, comes in from Zubair, who I got to show some love. He tunes in every day, live and direct Thank you. from New Thank York you. City. New, New, York. New York, stand up. New, New York. York, stand up. Yeah. We in the building. Um, Shouts to Zubair. He wants to know, question about the Jazz, again. Against the Bucks two weeks ago, Mitchell was anything but clutch. It was a game they should have won. And he started to do weird things with two minutes to go. Against the Clippers, he does it again. Is he a franchise player? How long should Danny Ainge give the duo? And, well, I think... Who's he talking about? Who's he talking Don- about? Mo? Donovan Mitchell. He says, okay. Donovan Mitchell, the last two minutes of a very close game. An unnecessary foul, gets his pocket picked with over a minute to go, misses an open look to, for a three to cut the Bucks lead to one. You don't see the clutch gene in him. Now, I know BJ's going to tell you they need to move Donovan Mitchell to the point guard. But here's what I think. The Utah Jazz are playing on very limited time. They brought in Danny Ainge. And if they can't get something done in this postseason, I think pieces are going to be moved. Now, could that be a full-scale rebuild? An idea I said to BJ on the phone yesterday was Memphis could go out and get Rudy Gobert. they got lots of assets. That Lakers pick could even be a lottery pick that falls in their lap. they got young players. they got the salary cap space. Imagine trying to score against Jaron Jackson Jr. and Rudy Gobert. And then that leads to the question, are they going to keep Donovan Mitchell in Utah? Because allegedly he wants his way out to New York City. And New York have got an unhappy Julius Randle over there. That's a whole other conversation. I don't think that Danny Ainge would want to take on Julius Randle, but I think they're running on limited time. I don't know how much longer they've got, but they can't keep running the same team over and over again and expecting different results. How long, if you're Danny Ainge, are you giving this duo? Gobert, Mitchell. Well, well it's, 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 it's a twofold question, and it could be very complicated, but here, if I were Danny Ainge, and if Danny Ainge were to call me, I would say the following. I think I agree with everything you're saying. If they don't win this year, something needs to happen. But then as I'm making all of these trades and all of these scenarios where you got guys going in and guys out, I have to ask myself the other question, which is how, how am I going to replace Rudy Gobert? And how am I going to replace Donovan Mitchell? Well, <laughs> okay. You ain't getting a free agent. All right. You ain't getting a trade. Your only hope is the draft because you ain't even got the young okay. players to develop. So you got to go now, full scale rebuild. Rebuild. Okay. So I'm looking at these two guys and I'm going, these are two pretty good players. And if I were Danny Ainge and I would explore all, I would explore everything, right? I'm going to explore the draft, free agent trades. I'm going to explore it all in the end. I think it comes down to this very simple thing. Rudy Gobert is an elite defensive player. It is my job to surround him with other players that complement what he does well and also to support him what he doesn't do well so that he can be the best version of himself. So are you saying you'd, uh, you'd rather keep Rudy than Donovan? No, I'm not saying that. Let me finish. And what I'm saying is, if I'm going to keep those two players, because I think both of those players play well together, even though they haven't played well together this year, I would move Donovan Mitchell, like you said, to the lead guard position. And that's where I'm going to start. And I'm going to build this team around size and length. 
because Rudy Gobert is long, he has size, and he has length. He's not a physical player, but he has length. Donovan Mitchell is a smaller two guard. And why do I have a small team and Rudy Gobert is the only, it doesn't make sense to me. Okay. I know they're I, winning. I, it's like they're winning in spite of, they're I, not winning because of. I have a nickname for Rudy Gobert, which is, I call him the janitor. Okay. Cause they so rely on him to up. clean everything, clean up. everything up. So I'm going to make my team long and I'm going to make my team big. Donovan Mitchell is going to have that ball in his hand 85, 90% of the time. Rudy Gobert, and I'm going to give me three other players who can compliment and play with this. Imagine, imagine, imagine this lineup. Rudy Gobert, and then you just take the Toronto Raptors. Mm. Siakam. No one scoring. Scotty. Barnes and all of those guys. And now I'm a big team. You, you, you see what I'm saying yeah, here? Yeah. Yeah. Length. Now I'm a big team. And now I got length. And then I sprinkle in Bodanovich coming off the bench and Jordan Clarkson. I sprinkle in all that stuff, but I'm going to have size and length so that everyone on my team, especially one through four, they're the same. And I got a shot blocker that's the best. And you see what's going on there in Toronto. Mm -hmm. But imagine Rudy Gobert standing no, behind I, all of that. As a fan of an Eastern Conference team, I don't want to imagine that because it would be exactly. horrible to and play against. So, so Rudy Gobert has stimulated my imagination. I know Danny Ainge. I know what Danny likes. Danny likes long athletes. I think that's what's going to happen there. Because you can't replace Rudy Gobert. You can't replace Donovan. Donovan Mitchell's getting 25 a night. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Donovan, as a two, he's been able to play at, a, at an all-star level as a small two. He's not as tall as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and those Jaylen other Brown guys. and these guys. Jalen yeah. Brown and Jason Tatum. And he's still getting you 20, what, 25 a night. But now, if I can allow him to play against these small point guards, yeah, let me tell you something. I think Danny understands this. I would be shocked if he don't do this, but that's what I would do. I'm okay. going to get me the Siakams and all of those guys, and I'm going to be the biggest, longest team in the league with Rudy Gobert and then take my chances with that. I hear it. I do. I'm not it. going to rebuild. I'm going to retool. How about that? Okay. I like it. The next question is from GA34. Once again, it's not Giannis's burner. And he says, you touched on it a couple episodes ago. What are your selections for NBA first, second, and third team? I'll tell you what. We're going to dedicate a whole episode to this. Next Thursday, you can right. tune in. We might even have a special guest with us. You can tune in to hear our all NBA teams. I think it deserves an entire episode. So we'll get to you next week, my brother. Chris Rose wants to know if sophomore of the year award if there was a sophomore of the year award, we've discussed this before on the show. So to Chris Rose, who pays attention, who would be your top three for the award this season? I think of all the second year players, I think Lamelo Ball has to be up there, possibly at number one, because he's the only all-star out of that draft class so far. So I would put Lamelo up there. I'd have Anthony Edwards up there as well. Yeah, I, 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 that's why I was going to take Anthony Edwards. And I would have... And, and the reason I'm going to say Anthony Edwards is I think they've... I, I don't know this for facts, and you can look it up, Mo. I think they've made a significant turnaround with their team. Yeah, big time. And I think he's had... I think he's had... And he is, to me, you know, one of the most impactful of why they've had this turnaround. Yep. So Anthony Edwards, to me, in his sophomore year... He's got super... And I think next year... He's ready to be an He's going to be a superstar one day in this league. And then the third spot, I'm a big fan of Tyrese Halliburton. I think Okongwu has been effective when he's been healthy and on the court. But the third spot for me goes to Tyrese Maxey. If you're talking just sophomores. Tyrese Maxey, I, I, I agree with that one too, Mo. I agree with that. I, Tyrese Maxey and Halliburton, to, not Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey and Anthony Edwards, to me, stand above the rest of the crowd. Okay, okay. Let's respect LaMelo, who's the only all-star out of them. But 
you know, the next question comes in from Glenn Vardy, who says, who will win a championship first, Devin Booker or Jason Tatum? And the answer is Devin Booker. Devin Because he'll win it this year. D-Book. But who do I think will end up with more championships at the end of their career? Jason Tatum. D-Book. Nope. D-Book. Nope. Nope. We can't keep Chris Chris Paul out of the retirement home forever. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. (laughs) Come on, man. You've only had six months of the self explained like this and the whole league is shook. So just wait till they get a whole season under their belt, okay? Anyway. Anyway. Ronan O'Callaghan has said, oh, wow. Speaking of this, he says, since Mo predicted that the Celtics would win the East, Rob Williams got injured. They had back-to-back defeats. Brown not, might not be able to play in Canada if they play in Toronto. Can Mo just say they'll lose in the first round to the Bulls so they get their mojo back? Okay, well, the first thing is I think Jalen Brown can play because Ime Doka said every player would be available to play in Toronto. He just happens to be injured for that game. Um, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what. The Celtics are going to lose every game for the rest of the season, slide down to the play-in and lose the play-in. If this is how this curse is going to work and the reverse psychology of it, the Celtics are never going to win a game again. How about that? How about that? If that's what if that's what the people want, I got to give the people what they want. Uh, Mo, moving right along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and someone's going to clip that and take it out of context. I already know. Um, Dan Franklin says, how much does momentum really matter going into the postseason? And which team would you predict? This is a good question. Which team would you predict to be a surprise to get knocked out in the first round? Also, a big love to Dan Franklin. He says, thanks as always for more great content. Give me you guys over Skip and Shannon any day of the week. Straight facts. Your mm. big respect. It's nothing personal, Skip oh, and Shannon. Appreciate it. Appreciate or anyone it. else in the media. We are very respectful of everyone doing their thing. But you know you're rocking with the best over here. So, BJ, which team do you think... We've spoken about momentum going into the postseason before um, on last week's... One episode last week. So, which team would you predict to be a surprise to get knocked out in the first round? So out of all the top four seasons, Which one do I think? Top four in the West, top four in the East. Which one of those is most likely to go home in the first round? As it stands right now, it's Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, or Phoenix, Memphis, Dallas, or Golden State. And I'm going to say Miami because Miami... I'm going to say Miami. I'm going to say Miami. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say Miami. But in my heart of hearts, I think it's going to be Philly. I, I think it's going to be Golden State if Steph don't get healthy in time. Because I've not heard any updates on Steph. If Steph Curry's not playing Steph, in the first Steph round... Is, Steph will be back. I, I, but okay. I, I don't okay. think that's going to be a shocker. If Golden State played Denver, like, you, you can't tell me that's a cakewalk. Exactly. I don't care if Steph is there or not. Four plays five, all right? Is, is, is that how it works? They would play... Right now, if yeah. the playoffs yeah. started, they would play Denver. Okay. Like, who's just saying... What, what are you saying? That's going six or seven, and it can go six or seven either way. Okay. The okay, Warriors. So I don't think that would be a surprise. Steph. But if Miami, who got the number one seed, yep, they could face that would, Okay. And I'm going to tell you something Philadelphia right now could play Toronto. Oh, that's not, that's not a nice first round matchup. This is what I don't want to play Toronto in the first round. And I'm going to say this about Philly because you know I like to trade. I like to trade. I I, I like the. I, I think trade. I think it's more of a compliment to Toronto than a disrespect to Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm always about matchups, Mo. I'm always about matchups. This is a bad matchup for yep. James Harden. Yep. In particular, on the defensive end, mm-hmm. it's a bad matchup. Toronto is going to be a tough out, but this is a bad matchup. They're going to grind you down all series. They have athletes. And what we talked about with that great question about Utah, size and length matters, especially in the playoffs. As the game shrinks, I think will benefit this team. And what do they have to lose? They're playing with house money. Mm -hmm. And that crowd up there in Toronto is, is, they get it going up there, right? Mm-hmm. What, do they, what do they call that? What, what do they call Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park or something? Yes. Okay. And I just think this is a bad matchup. I think this yes. is a bad matchup yes. for them. I would love so, it. I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. The next question. 
Mazzino, my boy Dan, listening in from Milan, Italy. We global. Oh. We global. Yes, we are. We're going to come to Italy soon. Don't worry. He has a very deep question. He says, what is the meaning of life? And for me, my brother, the meaning of life is how I end the show every week. Get buckets. Whether that's on the court, off the court, in any aspect, we get buckets. Global, worldwide. James Etta wants to know, any love for Bain for the most improved player? And Jose Alvarado on an all-rookie squad. I think Bain has made great improvements. But for me right now, I think we could be looking at DeJounte Murray winning the most improved player award. He's made significant leaps. And he made an all-star game. He's first in the league for steals, fourth in the league for assists, second among guards for rebounding, jumped from 15.7 points a game to 21 points per game. I'm rocking with DeJounte right now. Alvarado, I love that he got his contract fixed in. Um, I don't know if he can make the all-rookie second team. I, I think first might be hard, but the all-rookie second team, I think he can make. What are your thoughts on most improved and Alvarado from New Orleans making an all-rookie team? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a big question. You know, this, this guy, Tyler Hero, to be continues to... You know what he's been able to do because I know how hard that is to come off the bench and, mm. and have to play that way. But he's going to win six man of the year award anyway. He's going to win six man of the year award. But I also think he, he should be up for most improved player. I think he should be up for most improved. Okay. You know, okay. You know my, my, my prior to this injury, I was going to say John Morant. John Morant has made a, I mean, you know, it's like an assistant coach. The most difficult thing to do is take that one seat over to the head coach. Mm. John Morant was a star player. Now he's leaped into superstar player. Some mm. may say he is maybe the face of the league. The face of the league. That to me is a huge. The amount huge of commercials thing. I'm seeing him on, maybe he is. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I, I that to me is huge. However, Tyler Hero has been doing this. That's a difficult thing, like coming off the bench. And he's a young player. He's not like he's been around the league, you know, eight, nine years, and he was a starter, and now he went to the bench. Like, he's still a young player. So I think Tyler Hero, to me, will be up for both and probably should okay. win both. Okay. Tom Nankro wants to know, what do you believe we need to do to see high-quality NBA players coming out of the UK? Very interested to hear. Well, Tom, I'm going to tell you the bad news. I can't tell you the answer right now, but I'll tell you the good news. Conversations are happening behind the scenes. We're going to make this happen. By any means necessary, we are looking to raise the standard and quality of basketball in this country. But I can't tell you too much because there's some conversations happening with various people. So stay tuned. Jimmy77 says, Memphis versus Dallas looks like a second round matchup. That's quite likely. Who are you mm. taking to win that? BJ, Memphis mm. or Dallas? Mm. I'm taking Dallas. You know, Mo. Mo, that, 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 that's a tough one. You got to give me just one name. Well, all right. And, and the answer could name. change by the time the second round gets it. This isn't set in stone. If John Moran is healthy, if John Moran is healthy, I'm going to take the Memphis Grizzlies. Interesting. Okay. Okay. If John Moran is healthy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, rocking, I'm rocking with Luca's experience in the playoffs. Luca Magic. But I think to answer it, we need to see how the first round goes. And how teams are looking coming out of the first round. Yes. But Brad Denny wants to know what are the reasons for certain players playing better in certain conferences? For example, BJ said in the podcast that Marvin Bagley for Detroit is an Eastern Conference type player as he was traded from Sacramento Kings. Is the style of basketball different between the conferences? BJ, this one's for you. Yeah. Yes. Great question. Great question. I appreciate these questions. Yes, there's a different brand of basketball. The Eastern Conference traditionally has played at a slower pace. And what you can see, especially with Marvin Bagley, is the following. 
in the in the Western Conference, you tend to get up and down. It's a more free flowing offense. The way you can see the way Denver plays, you can see the way, you know, even Sacramento. You can see the way Phoenix plays. Memphis, you're just getting up and down. But in the East, you know, I'm not saying it's it's much slower, but you'll see Giannis playing from the post. You'll see Joel Embiid playing from the post. And the thing when you look at a player like Bagley, you know, Mo, we did the game there last week on Sky TV. They posted him up like four or five oh, times. I like that. I like because they hadn't really and, and, to that, but then they saw they were playing the Knicks and they were like, let's try it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, both you you see, I'm not saying it's a steady diet, but you see things in the Eastern Conference, the way you play, that's a little different than the Western Conference. So he's another player. James Harden to me is fascinating, is because he plays like a West, a Western Conference player. As long as the game is going free flow and up and down, I hear where it. he is where he thrives. The moment the game slows down, Mo, the game, the moment the game slows down, you know, we keep saying he doesn't, you know, you hear some people saying he doesn't have, he doesn't play well in big games. Well, the game slows down. And when the game slows down, his game hasn't adjusted yet to when the game does slow down. Mm -hmm. There are some players who can play in both Kawhi Leonard, for instance. Yep. Thrives in both. The game slows down. He's phenomenal. The game speeds up. He's phenomenal. But mostly, you see players, they kind of... What, what type of conference you know, player they, is LeBron James, BJ? I think he's an Eastern Conference player. Mm -hmm. I, that's my personal mm -hmm. my personal opinion. You know, my personal opinion, especially at this stage of his career, because athletically, he was so overwhelming as an athlete. It didn't matter early in his career. Like, it didn't matter. He could play yeah. fast, slow, however you wanted to play. But at this stage of his career, he plays more like an Eastern Conference player to me. I hear it. I hear it. Well, well, I always, he, yeah, well, well, I'll always, you know, one of those things I wish I'd go back in time and, and see different is I wish LeBron James was drafted into the Western Conference and had to go through the Western Conference playoffs every year because I would have loved to see him battling with Melo in his prime, Kobe, rest in peace, and all of these guys on his playoff runs. That would have been fantastic to see. But Jamie White wants to know, will a guard, in brackets, Marcus Smart, win the Defensive Player of the Year award this year? Jamie, if I had a vote, if I was in charge, he would win it every year. EJ, do you think Marcus Smart, who has become the bookmaker's favorite, not that I gamble, so I'm not in any position to give gambling advice. I don't advise anyone to gamble. That's just me, though. But do you see Marcus Smart winning this award? You know, I, I, I'm Marcus Smart, as you know, look, Marcus Smart will probably be one of those players that everyone has up there every year. And, and rightly so. And, and, and without question, he's he he's he's right there. But, you know, you know, who really sticks out to me this year is this kid, Mikhail Bridges. Mm. Phoenix. Interesting. He, he Mikhail Bridges really sticks out to me because he guards not just the small guy. He takes on that challenge one-on-one. So does like, Smart. Smart does. Don't get me wrong. But this guy, it's like, it's, it's a highlight. Like, whoever the best player on the other team is, he takes it. Yeah. And regardless of position. And, you know, Marcus switches off on the best players. Don't get me wrong. This guy just guards... From the get-go. I think Mikhail Bridges, to me, has been the most versatile defender, the most consistent defender this year, and what he's been doing. And he's been doing this on the best team. So I would vote for Mikhail Bridges, but Marcus Smart, listen. Marcus Smart, if you don't love Marcus Smart, you don't love basketball. Facts. Marcus Smart is... Facts. Smart is, he's, he is... He could play for me at any time, and you got to love him. I, I just love the guy. So Marcus Smart is my favorite player. But anyway, DKM wants to know, what will it take for the Charlotte Hornets to relieve James Borrego of head coaching duties? Oh. And, 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 and he put in a clown emoji after he wrote that tweet. 
Oh man, what's what, what's wrong with what's wrong the Mellow with, Ball fans are not happy with James. Like you see instances in the Charlotte offense where Mason Plumley is directing the offense rather than putting the ball in the hands of Lamelo Ball. And Lamelo himself, in an interview recently, said he feels like he could do a lot more, and he can't wait until he gets given the keys to the offense. He doesn't feel like he's got that. So, what I will say is this: is the head coach is just one guy, right? He has a whole team of assistants. And he has a general manager and an owner to answer to. So oftentimes decisions... Now, I have no idea about what's happening inside Charlotte. I have absolutely no clue. I've not been in Charlotte, right? But oftentimes, it's not just one guy deciding the way that they're going to play. It's a whole team of people. But what would it take for the Charlotte Hornets to release James Brigo? I think a couple more seasons where they don't make significant progress in the playoffs. It's just you know, inevitable more- in the cycle of NBA teams all right mom i want to take you behind the curtain a little bit real quick i'm going to stop here let's pump the brakes on this question here okay it's a little this is a little secret within every locker room not just the locker rooms i've been in every locker room the players always know now if you are a great player Everyone in that locker room knows you're a great player. And, the, and every player always defers to the best player. This is why I love the All-Star game. The best players Step always the defer. Front. Listen to me, Mo. Listen to me. The best players always defer to the very best of the best players. Okay? Everyone there could go there and say the following, what has been reported being said that give me the keys and I can show you what I could do. Yes. <laughs> let me tell you what, let me tell you what the best players do. I'm the best player. And I don't need to ask no coach to run a play for me. If I'm the best player, I'm going to go out there and demand and show everyone that I'm the best player. Now, let me tell you something right now. I don't know what's going on, and I haven't watched enough games to even say that what was reported is true. But let me tell you something about Mason Plumlee. He's not doing that plan with KD. He's not going to do that plan with Giannis. He's not going to do that plan with John Morant. He's not going to do that plan with LeBron James. And he's probably not going to even do that plan with Jason Tatum. So I don't know what's going on. And I don't know if that statement is true. But what I do know is that the success of the Charlotte Hornets is placed solely right now on the shoulders of LaMelo Ball, as it should. He's been named an all-star. He's gotten all the individual accolades. He is the star, not only of his team. He's one of the stars now in the league. And if this team is going to go on to the next level, it's going, because, it's going to be because of his development as a player. So all I'm saying now, it's time. Yeah, We're not asking who the best player in Charlotte is. But if I do turn on the television and I do see him, who, who did he say? What's the guy? Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley. If I see Mason Plumley. I know something else is going on in that locker room. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That was just the example. <laughs> that was just the example. Yeah, exactly. You know what That's like, what I'm saying. I'm but I also feel true. like maybe the coaches feel like Lamelo plays better off the ball and attacking off the catch. I, 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 yeah, because uh, you got to yeah. remember, is they see the practices. We don't see the practices. Mo, this is what I'm saying. The players know. Mm. And when I see things going on, Mo, I know something's going on. And let me tell you something. I didn't need a coach to tell me to get the ball to 23. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. That's all I'm saying. So I'm going to start turning in. I'm going to start tuning in to this game, tuning into the Charlotte Hornets just to see what's going on there. Isaiah Thomas too. And Terry Rozier is just so clutch. Every time I watch them play, it's like he's making huge shots down the stretch. But anyway, Brad Wilkins says, what's your opinion on D book being completely snubbed for MVP? Not being in the conversation is disrespectful with a capital D. Great work, lads. Appreciate the knowledge bumps every day. We appreciate you, Brad. Appreciate you listening every day. Um, I don't think D-Book 
uh, after the past week is being completely snubbed. I think a lot of people are having the conversation. We, in fact, here had the conversation of should Booker be in the MVP race. Um, but I think there's just so much talent in the league right now that I'm not sure he is the most valuable player in the league. I get the best player on the best team. Cool. But if you look at it like this, you swap him with any of the three guys that are in the MVP conversation. You swap him with Jokic. Do you think he carries the Denver Nuggets to where they are? You swap him with Giannis. Do you think he carries the Milwaukee Bucks where they are? You swap him with MB. Do you think he carries the Sixers to where they are? I'm not sure about that. And that's my take on it. Devin Rook is a great player and he'll be, as we said earlier, first team all NBA. But right now, MVP wise, there's just so much talent in the league that he should be up there, top five candidate, whatever. But I don't think he'll win it. Mo, well said. I, I, I agree. As I said, I think yesterday, I said, if Devin Booker is not first team all NBA, yeah, you got to save that for next week when we do the teams. Yeah, we we, yeah. we can do that next Devin, week. Yeah, Devin Booker, Devin Booker is is you know one of the best mm. of the best. However, Joel Embiid, Jokic, and these guys, Giannis, I mean, they're okay. just they're they're, they're they're elite. Boone Six says, "What's the deal with the refs' change of stance on foul calls? Harden, for example, getting no calls at the start of the season, but now getting to the line a lot." Well, at the start of this NBA season, there was a big emphasis, especially after the Olympics, on refs uh, not calling so many fouls for such little things. So there was a huge emphasis placed on not blowing too many fouls. And I think at the start of the season, when something is a point of emphasis, then, you know, the, the refs are paying a lot of attention. So now that the season settled in, you kind of go a little bit back to old habits. You know what I'm saying? Like old habits kind of die hard a little bit. So, yeah, that's that's my take on it. But BJ, what do you think? I think there's an emphasis on the game because the rules committee. Well, isn't that a thing? I know this. I'm going to share this with our audience and our listeners here. The rules committee wanted to make sure that they cleaned up the game because the offensive players had a significant advantage they had became more physical than the defensive players. That's a very hard call with the way the game is played, the way the game is rough, because of one rule in particular, you, you don't have, as a defensive player, you don't have the ability now to impede the progress as interpreted by the official, which gave the offensive players, you know, leverage and advantage to many that they took advantage of. I mean, Give James Harden credit. James Harden was very clever the way he played. Yeah. Okay. They cleaned that up. And now this is what you're seeing. Okay. This is, and this is the game you're seeing. So I think it's been good for the game. It's sped up the game, but more importantly, as they always say, Mo, and as it should be, players will adjust. For some reason, James Harden hasn't made an adjustment yet. And I think out of all the players, in particular this year, who've been affected by this, he's probably been the most affected of any player in the NBA from an offensive perspective. He yep. hasn't changed the way he's played. And it's affecting the way he's played. And you can see why his point production and all that stuff has gone down because he hasn't made an adjustment in the way that the referees now are calling and adjusting and to credit, the game. credit to Trey Young here because I expected the new rules kind of and at the very start of the season it did impede him, but he, he's at the start, put up, he, he's started, put up crazy he, numbers recently. But he was affected early in the yeah, season, but he figured it out. But he he figured it out. James Harden, for whatever reason, hasn't changed yet. Yes, sir. Man, listen, I love these questions that the people send in. It's always a blessing to um to hear them, to take the questions and be able to answer them. We appreciate everyone who did send in their questions. And um, BJ, any plans for the weekend? What's cooking in your land? Because we got Mo, some exciting games on the schedule. Mo, you know what? I'm going to get myself together. You know, there's the final four here, which will be big here in the States. Hopefully yeah. So, so, tune in so watch. for us, is it Monday night or Sunday night? No, it's Saturday, Monday. No, no, the, fi the final, the final of March Madness. Yes, yes, mm -hmm, yes. Is that on the Saturday, Sunday night for you? Saturday night for me. Oh. 
Saturday night for me, Monday night for me. Okay. So for you, that would be what Sunday morning and Tuesday. Okay, here's what we got. We've got a uh, Kansas Villanova, 11 p.m. Yes. UK time on Saturday. So that's like okay. daytime Saturday for you. And then we yes. have Duke UNC, which is going to be huge. Sunday night, yes. 1.40. Very specific tip of times. Very specific tip of time. Sunday morning, you mean, right? Sunday. Morning. Yeah, so, so 1 a.m. on Sunday. So like after yeah. we finish in the studio, you guys can have a little nap or you can, you know, watch some other games and then tune in for Duke UNC. And then, yeah, Monday. No, 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 no. Sunday morning, right? No, it'll be oh, like yeah. 1 a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. 1 a.m. The final is on Monday morning. Monday. So Sunday night for you. No, the final the final is the final is Monday evening for me. Okay. Well, either way, it is what it is. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So the so they're playing, so it's a double hitter on Saturday, which is 11 p.m. start for one game and probably one. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sunday and then morning. They get Sunday so to rest and then Monday rest. night. Okay. Monday yeah. Because the, the time, so the time be... difference, different places put it in US time, UK time, and it always gets confusing. Yeah. Yes. But we got the college yes. basketball. Who's your pick to win? Kansas, Villanova, Duke, UNC. Ooh. I think it'll be Duke, Kansas. Cinderella story. Oh, Kansas. Yeah, Why are you rocking with them? I think Kansas will win. The kid for uh, one of the kids for Villanova towards Achilles in the last game. Oh, you do not want to see that. Yeah, you don't want to see that one at all. Yeah. So I think Kansas will win. I'm going to go with North Carolina. I'm just going with North Carolina. It would be so, so storyline for them to ruin. Coach K's final, final game, as well as ruining yeah, I'm his final home Carolina. game. I'm just going with North Carolina. But look, I think everyone wants Coach K to win. Yeah. Coach K, you know, listen, he's had a storybook career. It's going to be a great game. And think about this, Mo. This is the first time in the history of these schools that they've ever met in the NCAA tournament. That's crazy. That is okay. insane. And but- they meet in the final four. More importantly than that, PJ, not more importantly, but just switching lanes slightly. That was disrespectful. Not more important. We might see Anthony Davis playing tonight. Anthony Davis is going to try and play tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans. And LeBron James is also going to try and suit up. Friday night basketball at the Crypto Arena. Anthony Davis, who's been out since February the 16th, has progressed to a game time decision. Good for them. Can he save their Good season? For them. Can he save that season? You know what, Mo? I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for a savior. They. I'm not, they listen, are. I'm not looking. They for, are. Well, you're not, well, but they are. They can look for it. That's fine. We can talk about this. You know what, Mo? You know what I'm looking for. Everyone listening. For, everyone listening to subscribe. I, I, yes, I, you know, same. Living out here in LA has been difficult because. There's some things I really want to say, but I'm just going to show you. You said living in LA is difficult. Man, it was snowing here this morning. No, 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 no. (laughs) Difficult, difficult, not not the the weather and all of that. I'm saying it's been difficult. (laughs) Yeah, it's been difficult from this standpoint. I'm getting a firsthand look of what's going on with this Laker team. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like living in another city. I'm living right here. Yeah. And Mo. This is a team built on stars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hollywood. This is, this is and Mo. This team has not delivered. Nope. Okay. This no, team has not, not delivered. Now, our only hope, Mo, and I say our because living out here, you know, it's funny. I I I, I had to go into the office yesterday, and I love going into the office because I'm the oldest person in our office. And all of the younger people all said, you just wait, BJ, when Anthony Davis gets back. Hmm. Just what you just said here. <laughs> because everyone in our office, Mo, right? Everyone in our office, and our offices aren't completely open yet due to COVID and things. But everyone that was in the office, everyone's just talking, you know, everyone's talking smack. It's, you can imagine working yeah. in a, yeah, that it, it, where everyone's just, you know, it's just, Adrenaline everywhere, mm-hmm. sports talk everywhere. 
everywhere you turn. What the Lakers need, which they haven't shown all year, can they play together as a team? Like, Mo, they don't have a player who you could just say, we're going to throw the ball to this guy, and this guy is just going to get 35, and the rest of us will fill around. Tonight, it may be Anthony Davis's night. Tomorrow, it may be LeBron's. Tomorrow, it may be Russell. We're going to be in the studio for Sunday night's game against the Nuggets starring the Lakers. Yes. They need to figure out as quickly as they can. Can they play together as a group? I hope they don't. With no practice. Yeah. Mo, <laughs> I hope they do. No, I, I really hope they do. Mo. I don't. I really hope they I do. Don't. Because I you don't. know what, Mo? Mo, I'm going to tell you something. Can I just tell you something? Of course. It would make great theater for us. Yes. It would make great theater for I, us. I actually, you, you know, know what? I, I take it back. I take it back. I want to see them in the first round against the Phoenix Suns. Andy Davis too. was saying, if I was healthy, you wouldn't beat us last year. Run it hey, back. Mo. Let the Suns win in four, and then we can laugh at them all over again. Mo. I'm here okay. for it. And you and I, Mo, and you and I have to say this. Because, you know, you and I and our listeners, we got a little secret here. We want to see great basketball. Mm-hmm. I really want to see the best players play against the best players. I want to see the best teams play versus the best teams. I really want to see the Lakers. I really want to see it. I want to see it with it all on the line. Because you know what, Mo? What you did in the regular season really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I want to see, Mo, how this team performs if they're good enough to get there. And I think, Mo, it makes for great theater. And it will give a very interesting, put it like this, the ratings will be terrific. I like that. And do you know what other ratings need to be terrific? The reviews and the ratings for this podcast. So if you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us five stars on Spotify, five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up because this has been another week of the Hoop Genius Podcast. We'll be back, Brian, early on Monday morning, recapping the weekend's action. And then next week, we've got the uh, final episode of MVP Debate. We're going to have our all NBA selections. We might even have a special guest thrown in there too. You never know. You're just going to have to wait and see. So until next time, everyone have a great weekend. Wishing you all blessings. Most importantly, get buckets. <laughs>